And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there if you're watching the video. This is episode 184. If you're watching the video, I've been saying 184 for the past like two to three episodes. And there's been uh, a special episode that came out. So I've been saying that for at least three episodes. <laughs> Today is actually 184. I know this because I did uh, 183.7 a couple days ago. Johnny Brennan, the Jerky Boys, uh, put it up and he did not promote it. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. 184, if you're watching the video, you'll see that I do have an, uh, a new position for the microphone. I doubt this is going to work and this is not going to be permanent. I prefer to have the microphone on my left side. I don't have a desk uh, microphone boom arm. I just have this standard floor mic stand. You know what? It's fine. I just, it, seriously, when I got the bookshelf, every, it just pushed everything over. So now I just, I just have to figure this out. And you know what? I will. But listen, we got a lot to get to. So let's get to it. I have to control the laptop with my left hand <laughs> instead of my right. Uh, good thing I'm cross-dominant. Amazon is going to buy the Wondery Pod Podcast Network. This comes from the rap written by Diane Haithman. I don't know why I can't see the... Oh, oh God. That's the only thing I can't see on the screen. It's crazy. Uh, Wondery is the production company for uh, the podcast Dirty John, Over My Dead Body. Uh, the deal is going to value Wondery at more than $300 million. And again, this is just a, um, a problem, maybe. Uh According to the, and, uh, and emphasizing that negotiations are ongoing and they could collapse. According to Wondery, to the story, Wondery was valued at $100 million in June 2019 and is expected to increase revenue to more than $40 million in 2020. This would be a big buy, obviously, because Spotify bought Gimlet and Anchor and a, a, a slew of other things. I think I think one of the Google homes just heard me <laughs> say something around the word "Hey Google," um, and uh, you you know let's see who else uh, uh, Luminary is apparently doing well enough to continue producing podcasts. Um, whoever just bought Earwolf or Howl or Stitcher, excuse me, whoever just uh, Scripps sold Stitcher, and uh, that was a I guess a, a profit maker for uh, whoever bought Stitcher. Uh, I don't know. We had a we had a I, a couple of weeks ago, before the Stitcher thing was mentioned, or uh, yeah, yeah, before it was mentioned. Uh, I, again, I've mentioned this before that the company I work for, the the network, the television network I work for, uh, is owned by Scripps, and we had a we had a whole uh, company meeting uh, talking about the the Stitcher sale and what it means for us, uh, and we saw none of that money. <laughs> <laughs> why would we two separate things i mean they could have used you know they could have started producing shows you know podcasts are becoming tv shows all the time dirty john became a tv show with uh connie Britton and eric banna i didn't even have to look because i knew i knew it was on, i looked at the screen uh but it became a show and now it's on season two it's now it's an anthology series uh podcasts become shows all the time comedy bang bang did well on ifc at least in my eyes, I think it did really well because they got a hundred some odd episodes. Um, still won't produce the season four and season five DVD for some reason, but 
But I, I mean, you know, what Scripps could have done was, uh, and no one's going to listen to this because I don't tell people at work what I do <laughs> on my off time. They don't need to know that. That's my business. Uh, but if you are listening, give me some more money, baby. I don't make enough. <laughs> it's true. And, and uh, but, I mean, but what, what, what they could have done was uh, take shows at your wolf at Stitcher that that Stitcher produces the main ones Stitcher produces the original Stitcher produces and then the Earwolf shows and you know option them for TV shows on the networks they just bought another uh, series of networks so now we're nationwide I mean you know and I and I can only assume eventually the the networks will blend within a couple of years um, or channels will blend in a couple of years uh, and networks too yeah because we're absorbing the network yeah it's fine whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, just telling tales from school. But I, I think that would be a good, that would have been a good uh, option for them just to, you know, say, hey, and also there's some of the network, some of the networks are on uh, channels are on yeah, networks. Some of the networks are on um, streaming platforms on some streaming platforms, not all. But I but that would have been a great way to say, hey, here's a podcast. Here's um, uh, God. Oh, I can't even think of a podcast. I can't even think of a podcast from Earwolf because I have unsubscribed from a bunch of pod, of podcasts in general. But you know, here's oh god, I can't even think of one. Here's Homophilia. That's the uh, I think that's only Earwolf. Here's Homophilia, uh, a chat show with two uh, queer men talking to other queer people in the entertainment industry. Uh, they could have done they could have done a talk show like that and you know distributed it via yeah, that's that's super easy to do a talk show. Uh, just look at the Drew Barrymore show. <laughs> super easy to do. So that's Amazon buying Wondery. Uh, again, people are buying up these 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 podcasting uh, production companies because they don't um, they don't think that it's going to be. I mean they I mean they see the future in it. They see that there's future in you know particularly murder podcasts or podcasts hosted by super famous people, Dak Shepard, Conan O'Brien, uh, even you know Justin Long. Or podcasts that are for some reason in, in Apple's top twenty podcasts, uh, and they're hosted by uh, women who don't have <laughs> any skills. Uh, I.e., Barstool Sports podcasts. Uh, her name is Daddy, or Call Me Daddy. Where the heck that name that show is called? It's gross. Don't listen to Barstool. Barstool sucks. If you have to get sports, ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, literally anything else. That that gross Barstool bull crap uh this next one comes from variety i could talk for an hour on how much i dislike barstool very true dave mcnary wrote this mark hamill Whoopi goldberg morgan freeman blast sag after health plan cuts so we there have been negotiations uh inside of sag they need to save money you know big big quotes there and they are deciding to uh, everybody voted obviously in SAG to allow for this, but um, they're changing the health plan. So what happens is if you speak, I think the I think it's five lines. It might be eight lines now, but if you speak five lines in a show or a movie that is produced by SAG or as part of the union, then you get a chance to apply for SAG. You know, pay your dues, whatever, attend the meetings and stuff like that. But you're part of a union. You get health care. You get a lot of other benefits. But the main thing is health care. That's why a lot of people want to be a part of SAG. Uh, so the problem is, uh, now that we're in a pandemic, a lot of people aren't working. And if you're in SAG, you're not making, you know, this, I think dues are like, I, I know dues for IATSE down here in Atlanta, 
uh, which is the international uh, bulk. I don't know. I don't care. I'm not part of it. I don't, <laughs> and it costs too much. I think it's like $1,400 a year. So let's say SAG is $1,400 a year. Uh, the average person who is in SAG, again, you do not make a lot of money. You only, you have to, your your median wage or the, the least amount you can make is $25K. Uh, so $25,000. And, uh, and that's... You could probably hear the TV in the background. It's fine. <laughs> but $25,000 and then uh, and that's how you can stay SAG eligible. Just act in something and make at least $25,000. But the problem is they raised the bar to, excuse me, $18,000. $18,000 was the floor. $25,000 is now the new floor. So if you got, you know, a couple of spots couple of uh, uh, small roles in, let's say, um, um, communities on TV. So you, you you got a couple of you got a you got two speaking roles in Community, playing a recurring character, and then you got a couple of speaking roles in Young Sheldon, <laughs> two shows that aren't on at the same time and never on at the same time. But let's see, let's say you got five roles total, and and then they pay you, I don't know, um, uh, and you earned you just uh, you earned. $22,000 and then that's taxed and then also you have to pay your representation and so you earn $17,000 that year uh for the or for those roles in total. Um yeah, I mean that's 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 how it goes. And so if you didn't make that floor then obviously you couldn't be a part of SAG. So now, so that's why you like you'll hear a bunch of people go like, "Oh, I got to I have to get something before, you know." Uh so so now the new floor is 25,000 and Another part of it is uh, a bunch of people have come to speak about this. Amy Schumer, Clancy Brown, Shirley Jones, just a whole, a whole, a whole bunch of people that you know. Uh, Ed Asner and nine other health plan participants sued the plan and trustees for alleged age discrimination and taking coverage away from 11,750 of 32,000 participants, including 8,200 senior performers. This is going to be effective January 1st. Trustees said at that point uh, that without restructuring, the plan was projecting a deficit of $141 million this year and $83 million in 2021. They, uh, a bunch of actors made, in SAG made, the, made a video talking about uh, their disgust for the plan. and Disgust? Disgust. Disgust. Yes, their disgust for the plan. And how it affects, maybe it doesn't affect them, but this is, could affect stand-in people. Because uh, you, you can make a, I, I won't say a living, but you can <laughs> you can be a stand-in. Um, background people, uh, stunts, voiceover artists, pretty much everybody who is on screen is is eligible for SAG. And uh, But now, a lot of these people are going to be booted out because they don't make $25,000 a year from doing their job. So this is a very serious thing, and you'll probably hear more about this uh, within the coming weeks, and especially in the early new year. Uh, and the next thing, uh, the, uh, one last thing before we go to break, uh, Discovery is going to start a, a streaming service. I've already seen commercials for it because uh, I watch a lot of Food Network and HGTV. And... It is called Discovery Plus. It has TLC, Discovery, uh, excuse me, TLC, Food Network, Animal Planet, and HGTV. And then it's also going to have the 
first couple episodes or first episodes of um, Chip and Joanne's uh, new network Magnolia. It's going to have the first new episodes of the shows on there. So, I mean, this is fine. This is great uh, for for Discovery, but not everybody. They're do- mainly doing this because everybody's dropping cable. Uh, but then, you know, you have people, you know, some people <laughs> pointing to myself if you're watching the video, if you're not watching the video, uh, you have some people who will pay for every streaming service. Uh, not for this. I will never pay for this. But you but I but also they'll pay for um, uh, YouTube TV. And so you'll all you'll get you'll automatically get HGTV and Food Network and all this stuff. So uh, traditional TV is, I think, still doing decently. I mean, obviously, they're losing they're losing people left and right. Um, but for, in terms of, you know, YouTube TV, Hulu, Five TV, Philo, Fubo TV, uh, and Sling, <laughs> just name the, name the big five, uh, that, I, that, that just seems to be doing, uh, somewhat well. So Discovery already has 5 million paying subscribers globally, globally across all of its streaming services. So what's going to happen is they're going to, uh, they already have a food network streaming app and they already have. A, uh, a home and lifestyle app and stuff, but they're going to bring, but they're going to close down some of those apps and bring them all together. Kind of like how um, Paramount Plus is going to bring CBS All Access, Comedy Central Now, and a bunch of other Viacom CBS entities and BET Plus, I, I can only assume, into one into one app, which is Paramount Plus, uh, where whereas Noggin is so profitable on its own, they're going to keep Noggin by itself, which is the preschool streaming app. Sometimes I, I, I hear myself, <laughs> I see myself in third person talk about this, and I go, you didn't study in high school? <laughs> Why do you know this? You didn't study in high school. You were horrible at math, you mentioned it, uh, last week in one episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could have you done something. You could have read a book. No, I want to read about. I want to read the trades. <laughs> well, this is Wall Street Journal, and of course, this was written by Benjamin Mullen. So, Discovery Plus—you can already see commercials for it. And uh, I mean, who's that for? Who's that for? Who is that for? <laughs> it's going to be uh, seven dollars. No, it's going to be five dollars with ads and uh, eight dollars without. I didn't even have to look at the the thing. I read that once. I skimmed over that once yesterday. I didn't even have to read that. Listen, we're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, we're going to have a couple more things to talk about. Let's go to a break, baby. And we are back to the show. (laughs) Back to the show. I bought, uh, I forgot to mention this from my uh, Black Friday episode. I bought uh, Back to the Future on Blu-ray because I forgot about that. <laughs> but I bought all of the all the movies came in like a 30th anniversary package on Blu-ray and includes <laughs> the two seasons, the 50, no, excuse me, 26 episode uh, cartoon series Back to the Future. So <laughs> I now own everything that's Back to the Future. <laughs> uh, also, I already had that on DVD, not the, not the TV show, but just the movies on DVD on the 25th anniversary collection, but now I have it on Blu-ray. So now I'm trying to, just like this instant pot over here, I'm trying to get rid of it. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's move on. I also have one thing that I already, is a Google Home Max. I ordered it uh, from Best Buy on Black Friday, and it, had, it just shipped last night at 10 p.m., or they, they created the label. 
So it should be here Monday, but we'll see about that. I can't wait to find it. I can't wait to have it. I was working out this morning, and uh, and I have a bunch of homes, Google Google Home Minis, excuse me, uh, strewn about the apartment, except for the bedroom, which has the home hub, and uh, and the minis, the minis did they do their job, but uh, I want that max. I want to be able to just feel the bass in my chest. <laughs> Let's move on. Nielsen's study shows less diversity on TV. This comes from Deadline, written by Jill Goldsmith. I feel like I'm leaning forward. A new report by Nielsen found that diverse identity groups appear more frequently on streaming shows than on broadcast or cable, a reason people might be migrating to platforms. I don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, streaming is uh, relatively cheap and accessible uh, versus, (laughs) you know, me watching something on FX and uh, it, it, I don't know. I mean, those are, I think those things aren't, uh, I mean, I'm not going to watch, I'm not watching the Queen's Gambit, for instance, because uh, it doesn't have any people of color in it, <laughs> you know, except for you know, one person who's used as a a, a, a magical proxy, uh, from what I understand, from what I get. Like, she's, like, she's not adopted because she, the show's about some girl from an orphanage or something like that, and the black girl's not adopted because she's not an orphan, but then the show follows this uh, white prodigy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. Anyway, give, 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 but just put brown people in the roles. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make, like uh, the flight attendant. I turned on the flight attendant yesterday on HBO Max, uh, and yeah, I get it's a mini series, mini series. I get it's based on something else, but you cast Kaylee Kuoko, great. Does the guy she like hooks up with have to be a white guy? Can it just can you just cast somebody else? Uh, and then her friends are all brown people like that. Like, <laughs> I I mean you know just God, I mean now that I hear myself saying it out loud, yeah, the having the secondary characters all be brown is uh, is fine and everything, but Kaylee Kuoko white, the guy she kills white, or the guy who I don't know, I've only seen the first episode, but the guy she may have killed white uh, you know why can't we just have a whole brown show it doesn't even have to be about race just you know i hope it's not about race just just have a bunch of people on the show and uh that's what like if i ever made a show when i hope to god it do uh i i i would just i wouldn't even like i wouldn't do blind casting but i would just like just cast you know look at saved by the bell the saved by the bell reboot which i just finished about 30 minutes ago hilarious and it's such a diverse show Got Josie Toda over there, uh, kicking butt. You got uh, the uh, other two main ladies who are just, just gorgeous. All all of them are gorgeous. They're also gorgeous. All three of them, all gorgeous. Uh, then you got the other two guys who I could care less about. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but you know those women, just gorgeous. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Overall representation of diverse identity groups in on-screen programming is low across all platforms. Uh, Nielsen, the the study is called um, Being Seen on Screen, colon, Diverse Representation and Inclusion on, on TV. Now, uh, they among they apparently studied 300, I don't know why this is zoomed out. I can't see a thing. They apparently studied 300 of the most viewed programs in 2019, Ninety-two percent of them had some level of diversity in the cast. Excuse me, including women, people of color, or LGBTQ. I will not say plus. <laughs> I'm kidding. Plus, 
but had fewer representation on screen that reflected the general population. See, this is, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. You know, uh, nearly one third of content on cable doesn't have parody representation of indigenous people of color, which includes black, Native American, Asian, and Pacific Islander, Hispanic, Latinx, Middle Eastern, North African, multiracial women, or LGBTQ talent. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I, I was about to, I opened this, I opened this link and I thought I should poo-poo Nielsen for being so behind on this, but uh, I think the more the better for for these types of studies that come out. I, I, t- I always talk about color, uh, color of change and the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative from uh, USC, and and so now that we have one more and it's from the ratings board, uh, I think it's important that we just keep pushing these types of boundaries and in, in the conversations uh, so we can so we can keep talking about it. And even if they all say the same thing, hey, there's not women, there's no women on TV. Hey, there's no women on TV. Hey, there's no women on TV. Hey, there's no queer people on TV. There's no queer people. You know, as long as we keep saying that over and over again, it's eventually, hopefully, going to get into someone's head, and they're going to say, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's no women, people of color, queer people on TV at all. Um, but then Netflix will go and make uh, the Queen's Gambit or the Crown season four. I'm making a rule. If it doesn't, like, I'm not going to watch it if it doesn't have people of color. And, yeah, I understand. Uh, and I don't mean, like, you know, I, it doesn't have to be. I don't want it to be about race. I just want the people of color and queer people to be cast and women. to be, And women. <laughs> to be cast in these um, projects without it, without them having having to be in these stereotypical roles. Because we're better than that. And I think Netflix and Disney are at the forefront of ruining that. But they put out Black Panther. That means nothing. That means nothing. You know, the next movie they put out after Black Panther was Dumbo. And that had no people of color in it. And I refused to watch it. Also, I refused to watch remakes. (laughs) All right, moving on. Uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk about this too much because obviously it's the biggest story of the freaking week, uh, which is, I mean, and that's saying something. But uh, this comes from Variety written by Rebecca Rubin. You can tell which one, which, <laughs> which trade source I like better. It goes Variety, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, The Rap. The Rap knows what it did. Warner Brothers to debut entire 2021 film slate, including Dune, Matrix 4, both on HBO Max and in theaters. Uh, so this is, I'm going to, uh, you know, straight shooter with you. Uh, in two weeks, I'm going to do this as the last episode of News Time um, for the year. And because uh, I remember I have three weeks off <laughs> of not doing this stupid show. <laughs> of not doing that stupid show. I still got to do this stupid show. Um and and so this is this is a crazy, not even proposition, a crazy plan to enact. Universal said the same thing earlier this year, and AMC Theaters was in a in a tizzy over it um, because it is insane for you to eschew theaters and to rely on streaming. I uh, but now. You know, last year, that would have been insane. But now we're in a pandemic. And 
now it is it's still crazy it's still the unheard of however they have these movies just sitting on a hard drive and they've got to they got to do something about it but AMC is you know just got a little bit more money um from a opening theaters uh keeping theaters open and b you know uh uh, getting, I think they got some investment capital. I think I heard that on CNBC yesterday. I'm not entirely sure, but they, but AMC theaters, the largest theater chain in the world, is struggling because of this pandemic. And uh, if the government's not going to do anything about it, uh, <laughs> this seems like Warner is is you know throwing away that relationship. Now AMC has reached out to Warner to to say, hey, uh, maybe we can work out some type of deal. But I think, and I said this. To myself, to nobody, to probably my cat. Uh, I said this a couple of weeks when they said War- when they said uh, when Warner said that Wonder Woman was going to be released on HBO Max and in theaters. I th- I think it would be a better idea, and I and I I I love I think the idea you know now that we're uh, seven or eight months into this pandemic, I think it's I think it's fine that movies come to streamers first. Uh, and if you want to see them in theaters, then you can. I, just, I went to a drive through and I saw Tenet, um, and it was fine. And I, I arrived a couple of minutes late, and there was too much traffic. Um, but I and, I and the person I was with was talking the entire time. <laughs> but I think I got the gist of the story, and I understand it. And I and I, and truthfully, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna buy it when it comes on uh, Blu-ray. Um, but but uh, I, you know, I I do think that in order to have this a future relationship because eventually this pandemic is going to slow down and be over. I think in order to 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 bolster your future relationship with theaters um for for Warner and for any other productions for any other studio that wants to do something like this uh you know Universal Disney uh the rest of them then I uh, Paramount I think that the better deal would be what Universal and AMC have come to an agreement with is the movies come out in theaters first and then and I think I think it's two weeks or four weeks something like that uh in less than a month's time they can go to streaming um I because either way you're going to get the money I know they want the I know they they want as much of the money as possible um and and you know that's why Disney Plus got rid of trials uh Netflix doesn't have any more trials and uh, HBO Max if you have a trial you can't watch uh Wonder Woman in 1984 uh, and so, you know, they want to get all that. They want to get as much money as possible, but, uh, there are theaters open around the country. You can rent out for $150, a theater at AMC and, and invite, you know, 10 of your friends and you guys can just, you know, watch the movie socially distance and enjoy a movie w- and with the company of the crowd, you know, 10 people, it's uh, 15 bucks each. I hope that's the math. Cause I'm not going to redo it in my head. <laughs> Um, but yeah, or go to a drive-in, uh, and then if like, and that's like, if you really want to see it, cause I, I mean, obviously that's not something I would do. I would go to a drive-in, but, uh, cause I don't want to be near people right now. Uh, tell the people at my gym that, cause I truly don't want to do that. Um, but the, that, that, I think that would be a better business proposition because we do have, you know, there's not in California. Cause I think obviously, uh, Gavin Newsom and, and uh, Eric Garcetti, I think, for uh, L.A. County, the mayor for L.A. County, just uh, I think they just made more rules for L.A. But, you know, there's places that aren't on the coasts or 
you know, in the in the major cities that have that can open their AMC's and can open their dollar their dollar theaters and their artist theaters because there's not that big of a a, a global a, a pandemic there, which is so sad to say. Uh, I just want theaters to I want theaters to thrive because I don't want to watch, you know, the the next biggest film. I don't want to watch Dune in my home. That just like I don't have a I don't have a nice TV. <laughs> It's a it's an HD TV, literally truly an HD TV, a sharp HD TV. Uh, you know, I got the I got the Xbox and the PlayStation. They're upscaling the to four K, but it does nothing for me. <laughs> I go, oh, this is nice. <laughs> this 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 looks just as good as it did. You know, I got a Vizio in my room. I got a I got the Chromecast with Google TV on there. It uh. That thing, that upscales, and and you know that the the Vizio only goes up to seven twenty. <laughs> what I'm saying is, theaters are good. Theaters are good, and they they need to be able to uh, to, to 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 thrive. Because next year we're gonna have, uh, hopefully, pray to God, we're gonna have a. Um, I'm hitting my veins like a like a heroin addict. <laughs> we're gonna have the uh, some type of vaccine. And, uh, and then, and then we're going to be able to go out into the world and do stuff. And one of the things I like to do is I like to go to the dollar store, go to a gas station, pick up some candy, pick up some chips, pick up a, a water, and then, uh, go to my local theater, <laughs> go to my local theater and sit down. Listen, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have the last things. I'll see you in a second. And we're back to the show. We are back to the show. Back to the show. I didn't think I was going to talk that long on that one. Uh, oh, God, these two. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I don't know why I came back to, uh, to, to, to the last two stories. I should have moved that one last Last one, last. Okay, so uh, I just read two great profiles this week. One for Harry Styles over there at Variety. He's been named Hitmaker of the Year. Um, he is a. Uh, I was, you know, first thing that came to my mind, I was gonna say a fashion icon. Would you call Harry Styles a fashion icon? I do think he has a good sense of fashion. I don't think I could pull any of that stuff off. I think he and I could be good friends, though. I think he and I could be real good friends. Uh, Styles is 26. Talked about in this interview, they talked about uh, he's the first male to grace the cover of the Vogue magazine by himself. Uh, I just think this is a well-written profile written by Shirley Halpern. Styles, uh, they talked about his um, career. With, uh, I was going to say the Doughboys. (laughs) Yeah, the Doughboys podcast. We talked about his career with One Direction with Louie, Zane, Frank. (laughs) I don't think I know who. It's Liam, Louie, Niall, and Zane. All of them have their own uh, careers. I didn't know they came from that competition, uh, The X Factor. I knew Simon Cowell was involved, but I didn't know it was The X Factor. And also, One Direction's been done for five years. You think they'll get back together like the Jonas Brothers? I don't think so. 
Remember, I, t- I, t- I talked about that Jonas Brothers documentary uh, a couple dozen episodes ago that I really enjoyed. I forgot what it was called. <laughs> but I learned so much about their lives. Anyway, back to Harry. Harry uh, is apparently doing some activism work, too, for Black Lives Matter. He, uh, uh, Candace Owens spoke out about him talk, saying something like uh, she wish she need, they need more men uh, manly men on magazine covers, and he says something back. I don't pay attention to that stuff, but uh, I do think that uh, Harry is uh, Harry's one of the manliest guys out there. Got that hairy chest. Got that just oh, gorgeous voice. Singing voice. He loves Manchester. <laughs> He's in Manchester right now. He can't tour or do anything, really. Obviously. Uh, I don't know why I put this on here, but you know what? I think it's fine. Read, read it, check it out. Harry Styles, one of the best. And then also the second thing, Stephen Colbert's profile on Vanity Fair. Stephen talks about, uh, all the things that have been happening, uh, since he got a show. This is written by God. Vanity Fair's pop-ups are insane. Joe Hagan. And uh we got to see we got to see Steven as a human being. I think one of the I used to you know ever okay, this is I wanna I wanna I wanna paste this. In late night, and I know I know I've mentioned this before, uh I've said that late night has gotten better in the past uh since the pandemic began, because there's no audiences and jokes now have time to breathe. And there's too much clapping in between jokes. And uh, if you go back to Carson, there's not there. There is that, but there's not as much. Uh, and which is which is good enough. But uh, I want there to be less. And when Conan, when Conan's uh, show on TBS ends, which uh, they've been on hiatus for about a month now, so it's basically over. When that show ends in the summer and he does whatever his HBO Max show is going to be, I I hope that there's less audience involvement. <laughs> I really do. Uh, <laughs> you know, Seth Meyers is flourishing. Everybody is doing so much better. And, but my problem is for the past couple of years, uh, when I watch Kimmel, when I watch Fallon, when I watch Corden, Stephen, Conan, uh, Seth, uh, pretty much everybody but Desus and Miro and uh, Sam B, the emphasis has been joke, clap for four minutes, another joke, you know, and that's just, and that's truly, it's annoying. It's annoying and it sucks. Um, and I think it just slows down what comedy is and can be. And, it, and, that, and that extends into stand-up and everything. So uh, that with that all, all that said, uh, Colbert, uh, like his his show, his fans are just so grossly attached to everything they do, like that that he does. Uh, and yes, and I know part of this could be uh, the the button that the producers press that clicks the applause sign. But you know, at some point, you're just if you the last one of the last few stand up things I watched years and years ago because I, I don't watch a lot of stand up anymore. But years and years ago was uh, Amy Schumer's. Um, HBO special 
And I was watching that, and there was, and I, I started noticing the applause breaks, just just applause break after applause break, and I mean that was part, and that and that's part of the reason why I stopped watching stand up. That and a few other uh, factors that really lean into it. Um, and then last night, I even like before I was going to bed, uh, Jim, Jim Gaffigan's latest special that was on Am- that premiered on Amazon was on um, Comedy Central, and I turned it on for a second and. Uh, he's and one of his jokes was, and this is partly on him, uh, but also mostly on the audience. Uh, he says, he's, he says, he says a joke and then he goes, what am I, a Kardashian? And then everybody would start laughing and clapping and laughing and clapping. And I just had to turn off the TV because, uh, that was stupid. (laughs) And yeah, he's one of the best doing it, but I just hate, that's an easy punchline. And also don't make fun of uh, people who don't deserve it like that. I mean, they're fine. Kardashians are fine. And I'm not saying this because I have a crush on Chloe because I do. Uh, she's my favorite Kardashian, truly. Anyway, all that said, uh, Colbert has become a better host in this uh, pandemic. And uh, and now that Trump is out of office, I would like to see what he, uh, Chris Litch and uh, who's the showrunner. And uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. <laughs> and what Colbert can do, what, what they can do without. Uh, and obviously Trump's not going to go away. But the fact of the matter is he's not going to be the topic of everything from this point forward. He's not even the topic of everything now uh, anymore. So this is a, this is a great vanity. Fi- Did I talk for like five minutes straight? I mean, obviously the show is all me talking about. I think I just talked five minutes straight on that. Uh, this vanity fair uh, profile piece is very good and it encompasses everything from Colbert's uh, beginnings as, as the late show host into today and what the pandemic has done for him and everything. Um, and then also I want to mention you, I mean, so this is the first time, like, like this is going to be, we're going to see Colbert as a person, as opposed to, and I'm not talking about as a character, like he did on the Colbert report, but as a person and as a comedian, as a host that does not have to rely on uh, Donald Trump as his, as his, the folly anymore. <laughs> This is going to be a better version of the show. I I I hope and think. And I mean, and who knows? You know, maybe this is going to uh, maybe these last four years have just because we've been kind of on an accelerated timeline, just pushed you know him from wanting to do late night anymore. Because <laughs> you know, you hear James Corden talk about how he doesn't really like doing late night. Uh, but then he renewed his contract or whatever. Uh, yeah, this just goes through his entire career uh, doing that. And I don't know why I put this one on here either. Oh, because the Warner Brothers thing hadn't happened yet. And I was reading these profiles and I thought they were really nice. Okay, anyway, <laughs> that's about it. I'm done. Listen, if you like what you heard here, Head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where we've got uh, interviews with favorite comedians. The latest one is, Jesus, <laughs> just got a, the iPad took up to the Zoom, so I, so I just heard that through the headphones. Um, you probably heard it too. Where we've got an interview with Johnny Brennan from the Jerky Boys. Jer- Jerky Boys are famous prank calling comedians from the 80s and 90s. If you don't know who Jerky Boys are, ask your dad. 
but now Johnny Brennan is back with a new, the fourth album in the Jerky Boys world. Uh, it's just called the Jerky Boys. So definitely check that out. Uh, and then check out the interview. Um, it's a good half hour I put up as a podcast in this feed a couple days ago. 183.7, Johnny Brennan, I believe, the Jerky Boys. <laughs> the Jerky Boys, not just Johnny Brennan, Jerky Boys. Uh, so definitely check that out. It's good. Let's see what else is going on. If you want to see a video version of this show, head to youtube.com slash comedy, where you can also see News Time. News Time is a, our premiere show. Every week I take one story and I dissect it. Sometimes I know ahead of time what I'm going to do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes on that, that Monday, I, <laughs> I need to put it out. I write, I write the script that day and I... And uh, but last week's episode is about um, litigation in the entertainment world and uh, lawsuits and stuff. And, you know, in two weeks, the episode will be about Warner Brothers pictures, uh, releasing movies on HBO Max and in theaters the same day. So it's going to be a good year end episode. They got bloopers and stuff (laughs) that I've been collecting. I've gotten so good at doing this show <laughs> that uh, not not this show because uh, I'm amazing at this, but doing news time that I would early in the year I was not messing up. There was like three months where I did not mess up, did not have any major funny flops that I thought good enough for the bloopers, and then uh, that I guess I just started making mistakes on purpose. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So definitely check that out. It's YouTube.com/slash/comedy. Twitter, Instagram, at C Comedy, me, at Chad Black White, Facebook, C Comedy. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, literally wherever. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Spotify, Deezer, I think, the rest. If you ever, if, you know, if you get your podcasts anywhere, just type in The Constitutionals or C Comedy, you'll see it. I was going to mention something else. Oh, oh yeah. I have one more interview that was set up at the 11th hour last night. Yeah. I'm doing that Monday. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say who it is because this is one that I've been waiting for. Uh, It was promised to me, not promised. It was, first of all, it was denied. (laughs) It was denied in the summer. And then it was uh, mentioned again and then I acted on it as fast as possible. I said, please, please, please. And then weeks went by without hearing anything. And then I heard something. And then another week. And then something. And finally, we set it up. So Monday, that's going to happen. And I will talk about it next week. And you might even... No, you'll hear about it. You'll hear it next week. You'll hear it you will not hear it uh, anytime before that. All right. <laughs> We're done. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Tell your friends. Go tell your friends about it. That's the weekend would say. Oh, the freezer just made some ice. Goodbye.